Hey everyone, welcome to another episode. Today we're going to talk a little about some social media and a sweet little documentary today on Reframe. gang it's so happy to have each and every one of you back listening or watching or whatever it is that you're doing out there in listener land Um, i'm your host i'm chase mckinney i'm a licensed professional counselor i'm a nationally certified counselor and um you know even though i'm a counselor i'm not your counselor so don't let this show be the thing that replaces traditional therapy for you um you know we talk about mental health thingy things and we, we use mental health and pop culture as like an intersection to kind of try and make some sense of it talk about you know topics and issues and uh, everything in between pretty much but just because of that don't don't let these things serve as your replacement for for good old-fashioned counseling for good old-fashioned therapy there are plenty of great folks out there that can help you and um, if you do want to do counseling and you are in Texas, then by all means, let's, let's talk about it. You know, you can, um, you can go to the red theredarrowgroup.com to um, get some more information about working together with, at least with me. If you're, again, if you're in the state of Texas, um, I'm also um, on BetterHelp, so you can look me up. Um, I'll have some information um, for the video to uh, link directly to both of them. Um, however, if you are local, whether you're local or not, um, I'm happy to to work with you in Texas at least. You have to be a Texas resident for that. And um, anyway, you know, I've been thinking about about this show, and I've been, you know, like the thing that's kind of challenging in a way about the show and how I've origi- how I originally structured it was that the need for for other folks to uh, to really join me in being like a co-host and people's schedules are are just so bonkers and all over the place that sometimes it's just hard to find the right people to not actually find the right people but even the people that have like their schedules to like kind of jive and line up with your own with being able to talk about the things that you want to talk about um, on a particular schedule and you know, one of the more recent ones that we had was with my friend David, and we talked a little bit about Star Wars and and things like that. And um, I also did like a, uh, a more recent episode where we talked a little bit about um, free solo and maybe some social anxiety type of stuff. And you know, today we're going to talk a little bit about uh, really the, the like social media in general and like what's kind of going on with that. And just what we're seeing in, in like platforms like Netflix, for example, uh, where we're seeing this particular documentary, um, where it's, it's really being published, but you can see it, you can watch it really anywhere else. I'm pretty sure. Um, but you know, I was thinking about this show and like when it was first kind of dreamt up, kind of crafted, um, of sorts. And that was, gosh, that was back, you know, two ish years ago. Um, thereabouts. And I was just starting my, um, my educational journey at Regent. And 
you know, here recently, I was just taking my first set of comprehensive exams, uh, you know, written exams for anyone that's ever heard of or done stuff like that. And it is, it's kind of bonkers, y'all. Um, it's, it's a very, it's an ordeal. It's a transformational experience, but man, is it bonkers at at the same time? Like, you know, this is the, the, the thing about comprehensive exams for anyone that maybe has never heard of them is, you know, it, it, I think it's, it looks different from discipline to discipline, which that's something that's worth noting and remembering is that it can look different all over the place. And for mine in particular, uh, we did, I'm in the counselor education and supervision program. So they're really focusing on a lot of different things, like all the content that you've learned over, you know, two years of the program and, and even you being a professional uh, clinician, just applying it and like thinking about things and, in a slew of context that they throw at you. It's not just like a singular thing. You, you have to really get creative on how you, you blend the things and make sense of the things and, and take these considerations into, uh, into account for, for how you respond to something. And at the time of this recording, I have no idea how well I did. None of us do. Um, they're, they're currently being reviewed by the faculty with our responses. I mean, like folks, like we had four questions, okay. Two questions per day and they were multifaceted. Like you would have maybe like two or three subjects per question pretty much. And you had to like really unpack it and, and cite like crazy with stuff. And, um, you had two and a half hours per question. Like we had like two questions a day, but each question had about four sub questions to them. So again, a lot of information and uh, I'm hoping I did well. I mean, I gave, I gave it my best and that's all that you can ever really, you know, hope for or expect or whatever it might be. And, um, we're, we're hoping we're going to find out here in the next, I don't know, week, week and a half or so, uh, going into the holidays, uh, you know, with Thanksgiving and Christmas and everything coming up pretty soon. So, yeah. And then, uh, from there, if we all pass, like we, whoever passes will advance to oral comprehensive exams, which is basically a 90 minute presentation of just showing off pretty much. Um, so it's, it's a, a very good experience, I think. Um, and, and it's a transformative one. So, um, anyway, we'll, we'll see what happens now. Um, we do have, um, a little bit of, of information apart from like, like that, that going on with me, uh, in recent, recent, um, history, we, uh, as it relates to like channel 49 news, like mental health news that we, we talk about on this show, the, um, the American counseling association does a lot of advocacy for the profession of counseling. And, uh, recently, November 2nd, uh, at the time of this recording, um, 
there was a recent publication on November 2nd that um, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security, um, I guess they, they put out like a brief or a memo that has named um, or stated that counselors named essential during national emergencies. Now, now um, it goes on to talk about how cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency has named counselors as essential to the critical infrastructure of the United States of America during national crises. The Department of Homeland Security's um, CISA has the responsibility of ensuring essential critical infrastructure workers have the ability to work during COVID-19. CISA works with a variety of federal, state, and local agencies, as well as the private sector, to issue an advisory list of essential personnel. The purpose of the list is to provide state, local, tribal, and territorial officials an essential services list to ensure communities continue to function during disasters, including public health and safety, as well as economic and national security. Though states are not required to adhere to the list provided by CISA, it is clear that counselors are an integral part in supporting the country, the country's needs in a time of crisis. So the fact that that counselors are getting more and more notoriety in the American public, I think is fantastic. And uh, recently there has been um, an expansion of the of a counselor's um, role with the federal government as well, there's now been a specific government code that's been created with the uh, Department of Veteran Affairs, if I'm not mistaken. And um, that's huge for us um, because so far it's been mainly just psychologists, psychiatrists, and social workers that have had the recognition and job codes at the federal level, but not not counselors, not LPCs or MHCs, mental health counselors, uh, depending on what they're called. But with the fact that we're being, we're getting more recognition, more notoriety, that means that there's more opportunities for expansion, more um, um, opportunities for uh, growth uh, and professional development and professional identity development for the counseling profession. So it's a good time to be a counselor. And uh, it's very hopeful that there will be more opportunities for reciprocity, reciprocity being a fancy way of just talking about being able to cross state lines essentially. Uh, cause currently right now, if you want to do any kind of, uh, counseling, like for example, I'm in Texas and, um, where I live in Texas, I may be an hour to an hour and a half away from the Oklahoma border. But like, let's say I lived one mile South of the Oklahoma border. I would not be allowed to see anyone in Oklahoma, even if they were a mile away from me because I am not licensed in Oklahoma. And with what the government is doing with giving the counseling profession more and more, it's making a stronger case for reciprocity of licensing, uh, which could eventually um, lead to me being able to practice in like Oklahoma or Michigan or Florida or Idaho or, you know, you name a state in the union and there's an opportunity that that could happen depending on how that gets fleshed out. So it's, a, it's really cool seeing this growth and just seeing how far counseling has come, you know, in the last 120 or so years. I mean, the, the counseling profession really came out of the, of the guidance movement uh, by Frank Parsons in the early 
late 19th, early 20th century, essentially following the Industrial Revolution. So that's not a, that's not um, a conversation <laughs> right now unless you just really want to get in the weeds and talk about the, the history of the counseling profession. I do a lecture on that with some master's students in an orientation to the counseling profession class. Um, but just seeing, just seeing like the, the, sh- the short amount of time that our profession has been around and just the, the rapid growth and just how we're growing is, is just, it's really cool. It's really cool. And, uh, for anyone that is interested in maybe going into counseling, like feel free to reach out to me, uh, and, and get a hold of me and, and let's see, let's see what happens. Um, give me a shout and I'm, ha- I'm happy to talk to you about that. I mean, I know I'm wearing a hat right now, uh, for anyone of you watching, um, and I might look not academic, but I can be whenever it suits me, apparently. I don't know. All right. Well, um, I think apart from that, um, the, the, the actual content of, of the show for today, I might go um, and I might be switching between two different types of media because to be completely honest with you, it reminded me of a piece of media that I've seen. I can't tell you how many times and uh, give you a hint. It's Star Trek related. So, uh, there you go. The, um, with this particular piece of media, the, the, the social dilemma is, um, it's a documentary that has talked about essentially the rise of social media and the influence that it's had on, uh, on society as a whole. Now, this was a particular piece of media that um, myself and my classmates were having to watch for um, one of our, our classes. And we were, we were kind of talking about how we're not all getting the same information and how that that the way something is portrayed impacts the way in which we kind of are able to advocate and do certain things from like a wellness perspective and um, talking about like preventative counseling, for example. And in this particular documentary, it, it was showing essentially um, it was showing essentially what um, could be, or what is happening because of like algorithms and what in like basically our thought life and um, how it has impacted our, our interpersonal uh, re- um, interactions, like our social interactions with folks and our ways of communicating with one another. Um, there's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called The Game and uh, for anyone that's interested in Star Trek, I do run another um, podcast called These Are the Voyages of Star Trek Podcast, where we just talk about Star Trek. Whatever we want to talk about with Star Trek, we talk about it. And um, with, with Star Trek, um, in that particular episode of The Next Generation, the game, it has, um, uh, it starts out with, uh, the, this character who's got this piece of tech that gives it to to one of the, the main cast members who in turn takes it back to the Enterprise and the whole ship starts to 
to really get infatuated with it to the detriment of people not doing their job, people getting irritable, people seeing as other, seeing other folks as being like the enemy. And um, ultimately we find out, um, spoilers, I guess statute of limitations kind of over since the show's been kind of off the air for almost 30 years pretty much. But we later find out that this piece of tech was designed to be a takeover, not only of the ship, but eventually of the Federation itself um, because of mass distribution and the way in which they could reproduce it basically. And it got me really thinking about how this information is being presented and what it's doing to the young people that we have um, in our lives. Uh, the, this particular documentary, we can, we can look at research itself and how it talks about uh, teenagers and even just, just adolescents in general that are having higher suicidal um, ideation rates, just like higher rates of like suicide compared to generations past and how it's exponentially grown in recent history. Um, it's alarming that what, what it is, what, what social media has, has led to essentially. And I think about, I think about, um, even, even for me and probably some of y'all listening that growing up, like I'm in my, my early to mid thirties and I can think about how, oh, what was it? You know, the nineties pretty much like the internet was just becoming more of a thing. Like most households were starting to get it. Like it was dial up. Um, video games weren't what they are today either. Uh, they were still cartridge based and that was it. Um, at least I can't speak for all households, but for mine, like I was only allowed to play video games like one night a week for like an hour or two, um, at least during the school year. And then in the summer it was a little bit more lax, but it was still pretty strict. The rest of the time I was expected to be playing out in the woods and riding my bike and, you know, swinging on a Tarzan swing in my, in my friend's backyard, uh, where, where they had a gully and things like that. I was expected to be outside and, and playing with people. Right. And just to see how much stuff has changed. Um, like with the advent of like YouTube and iPhones, I can remember in, um, I guess it was like high school and college, uh, probably more college than anything else that MySpace was becoming more of a thing was, a, was the thing. Uh, it's MySpace is still around, but it's not the same as it was in the, um, you know, the, the early two thousands when it first came out, it had music and it was a place for you to kind of just be with your friends and kind of kind of stay up to date with your friends for the most part. And then Facebook, you had to be a member. You had to be a student of a university to be able to be connected. And then we saw Facebook explode and, and MySpace just kind of was like left in the dust, which I still kind of miss MySpace and being kind of honest with you. We, we saw Facebook explode and with the explosion of Facebook, there was more expansion of it. I'm not here. I'm not here to, to dog Facebook. I'm not here to dog Twitter or Instagram or WhatsApp or, or, or 
Snapchat or any of those places, I think they can be good. I think they're, they're neutral, but when they're taken to the extreme, that's when we have issues. And we are seeing that there are, are challenges with the interpersonal nature of, of how these things are used and how they are literally changing minds, literally changing minds. And, um, I don't want people to take this as me being like an alarmist, uh, or anything like that. But I do want us to think about, you know, in the context of the the documentary, which is about, I think like an hour and a half to two hours. And I would highly recommend you go check it out. Um, I don't get any kind of money or nothing from, uh, from like Netflix or anything like that for, for talking about this. But um, I personally watched this on, on Netflix, like I said, for one of my classes and go check it out. It's very thought provoking. Um, and think about like the amount of time that you spend on it. Um, I think that there's something to be said about like withdrawal that you can have from like your phones. Like I have my phone right here, like my, my device right here. And the way that we use something, um, is up to us We're it's up to, um, you know, choosing how to respond to something much the same way that, you know, we might approach like, um, an area in, in therapy. How do we respond? How do we choose to respond to a particular thing? Right. And something that's, that's pretty interesting that, that comes about in the documentary is like all these people that started out, they felt like they were doing a good thing. Uh, and then it just kind of evolved and the algorithm kind of grew and like learned from itself, almost like a Skynet kind of thing that we, we learn in, in like Terminator, like the machines are learning of sort of, or kind of sort of like that. None of the, none of the executives that are being interviewed allow their children to have a social media account or to be on social media. And that should, that should tell us something straight away. Like I was starting to say, neuroplasticity is a big old fancy word for change your mind. And what I mean by that is, you know, neuro essentially means brain or mind and plasticity is ability to change or can be changed. So your brain can be changed. Uh, when we, when we talk about neuroplasticity, so there's, when you realize how much time you spend and just the, 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 what it's doing neurochemically to your brain, there's the opportunity for change to truly occur when you, when you make that intentional decision to change, to choose to not always have your phone on you. Um, they, they talk about, um, and I agree with this, that, that with your phones and having like your push notifications and like the, the constantly being in the know kind of thing, whenever you are, um, you're like on Facebook, for example, uh, just take that for example, like you, you nowadays, like on your, your smartphone, you'll like pull down the top of the page and you'll refresh. And they are comparing that to kind of like being at like the slots at like, you know, like at a casino or something. And it's kind of like you're, you're pulling down the bar and see what you're going to win. And I know for me personally, I get frustrated because like I might be in the middle of reading something and then I just like, I, I 
minimize it or come back to it and I can't find the thing. And that's intentional. So everything is, is meant to be like a quick hit with it. So um, it talks, it, this thing is talking a little bit about like addiction and a little bit about like interpersonal communication, interpersonal relationships and how it's like all melding together. Um, and we look at that and we look at what we see in the, um, the episode, the game on Star Trek Next Generation. And it is, it, it's a little scary if I'm being honest with y'all listening for anyone that does still listen to this thing. Um, it's a little scary just noticing that and seeing how it, how it has played out, how it does play out. And, um, in, in fact, what I want y'all to do, uh, if you're really feeling up to it is to go, in fact, go watch this documentary. So the social dilemma, uh, again, it's on Netflix and then also go watch, uh, the game. So the game is, like I said, it's Star Trek and it's, um, uh, Star Trek, the next generation season five, I want to say like episode five or six, depending on like where you're watching it. Uh, and just go check it out. So uh, just to kind of put the, the time into perspective, season five of, of, uh, the next generation is going to be around 1992 thereabouts. So, uh, 91, 92, depending Um, So the fact that we're seeing essentially the rise of social media and like what can happen, you know, basically 20, 15 to 20 years prior to it happening um, is kind of crazy. So what do we do about it? What do we do about it? Okay, like, okay, Chase, you freaked us the heck out. What do we do about it? Let's set some limits. Let's set some boundaries. Okay. If we, if we're talking about boundaries, boundaries is like another way of saying like safety net. Like we know what the limits are, uh, for, um, with, with boundaries. Like, um, I talk about this with my clients, uh, fairly regularly that children need boundaries. Um, and children test boundaries as part of good, healthy attachment development. Um, if, if I were to, if I had like a table right in front of me and I got a pen out with like no cap and it could just roll, if I set it down, that pen might roll. And, um, as long as it's, it's on the table, it's safe. It's not going to fall off basically. But if it goes beyond that, it's going to fall off. It's not going to be on the table anymore. And I think y'all understand where I'm going with this, but just keep in mind that if, if we, if we define like, okay, this table, this is the thing that I'm defining as, um, what I'm okay with, right? So that could be like a time limit that could be certain applications, certain television shows or movies or platforms that you're okay with yourself or your, your family members watching, especially if you have little children. Um, there's so much stuff that's going on in kids' minds as it's developing that we have to be extra vigilant and, ca- and cautious about that. Um, so just, just that's something to kind of keep in mind is like, okay, what am I, lo- what am I okay with? Um, maybe it's no more than five minutes, 10 minutes of social media per day. 
starting out or 20 minutes. If you're, if you're at like an hour or two hours a day, maybe you got to like kind of tear it down a little bit. Um, and before you go down to like a zero, um, in choosing other things like going out and doing other hobbies and things that you might enjoy perhaps rather than always being plugged in. Uh, another boundary could be no cell phones, um, next to your nightstand. Believe it or not, they still make clocks with alarms on them. You don't need your telephone. You don't need your cell phone, your mobile. If you're listening to me in the UK, you don't need it next to your on your nightstand to wake you up in the morning. You can go to like a Walmart or some other type of store, like a corner store, even that sells those cheap little alarm clocks that will tell the time and it'll go off at like 6am. If you need to, you don't need your phone. So, um, phones off after a certain time and kept in the kitchen. And I know just me saying that some of y'all are freaking out like, Oh, I can't do that. Chase. I think I know you can, you can totally do that. So, um, there are, there are things that can be done. And the thing that I really like about the, the social dilemma, uh, documentary is that at the very end, it does give tips on how to unplug and how to develop more boundaries. And I don't want to, uh, get too into that because I want you to, to watch it and to arrive at your own conclusions about it. So, um, with that, um, I know that this has been, um, a brief episode and that I feel like I've been talking a lot, but I hope that this is some information that, um, you have enjoyed and that you will, act on. So again, make sure that you go and you check it out. Go check out the social, go check out, um, the, the episode Star Trek, the next generation called the game season five around episode five or six. Again, that's in the, in 1991, 1992 timeframe. And, um, you know, if you have enjoyed this content, if you've enjoyed, you know, what you've seen, uh, what you've heard, uh, let us know. Um, I want to hear a little bit about, you know, leave us some comments about like how this show maybe has helped you or maybe some new thoughts that you've come up with. Um, and again, if you um, are looking for counseling, I'm happy to hook, to help you out um, as long as you know, you're in Texas, of course, and it's a good fit. Um, otherwise I'll help you find someone. Um, maybe that would be a better fit for you. Um, with that, um, if you do want to get in contact with us, uh, you want to get in contact with me, you want to send in a note, um, to have your comments maybe featured on a future episode of, of the show, make sure you do that. Um, at reframepod at gmail.com. You can also send, um, send a note, uh, send a, give us a call at 817-752-4757. There's a three minute time limit and your comments may be used on a future episode of reframed. And uh, finally, if you do want to write us a note, um, just say something, uh, or just want to mail us anything, you can do that. Uh, send, it, send it to P.O. Box 2455, Azel, Texas, 76098. And uh, y'all, again, thank you for listening to my ramblings as we talk about this stuff today. And um, as we leave here today, may you always remember to take care and to stay safe.